Hi guys, welcome to Jesse's Place Podcast Season 3. This is still a safe space where I, your resident realtor, discuss business tips, mom life, healing, empowerment, and everything in between. I'm not just your resident real estate agent, I'm here to provide you with resources and ideas to help you level up in every area of your life. And of course, I'm from Brooklyn, East New York, and if you know, you know. Now let's get into it. Hi guys, welcome to an all new episode of Jesse's Place Podcast. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about inflation, how it affects us, and how it's affecting the mortgage game. So before we get right into it, you know I love to get right into a real estate-based topic. I want to give a big shout out. This is an emotional one for me. I have a new audience demographic and it is Mexico, Mexico. And if you know, you know that I am of Mexican descent. My grandfather, who is one of the greatest people that I ever knew in the whole entire world, who is, who has passed on, no longer with us physically, but always with us spiritually. He was of Mexican descent. Uh, my mom obviously is of Mexican descent because that's her father. And we are just really, really proud to have that type of, um, uh, connection to Mexico through our ancestors. So uh, I just want to give a big shout out to um, Mexico for finally checking in with your girl, Jesse's Place podcast. It's a really, really big um, full circle moment for me to uh, have listenership in Mexico. And I really do hope to be there again soon. Um, it's been a couple months since I've been to visit. So big shout out, big shout out to everybody in Mexico. Please let me know uh, why you're tuning in, what you want to hear me talk about. And yeah, I'm sorry. I get a little emotional when I talk about my grandfather because I was so very close to him and uh, he is deeply missed by everyone in our family. So next we are going to be talking. <laughs> Thank you for letting me share that with you guys, share it with my audience. But next we're going to be talking about inflation because it is getting crazy out there. Groceries are going up. Gas is going up, everything is going up, mortgage rates are going up. And I guess this is kind of like a part two to sky high and short supply, I guess, because um we see that the mortgage rates have gone up like crazy, credit card rates are uh, going up crazy, car loan rates are going up crazy, everything is just going up, going up, going up. And um, so I really wanted to talk about uh, ways to get to help you understand what's going on, how it affects your purchasing power. And yeah, so let's just get right into it. We're going to be talking about FHA loans again. We're going to talk about conventional loans again. And we're going to also be talking about adjustable rate mortgages that are making a really big comeback. So I wanted to just give you guys some information just to empower you to know what other options you have out there um, since mortgage rates are getting considerably higher um, and just ways to protect yourself against inflation overall in general. So, you know, the annual inflation rate right now in the United States is around seven and a half percent, almost eight percent. And that's the highest that it's been um, since 1982. And it doesn't matter like what you do for a living, everyone spends, especially if you're spending US dollars, inflation is impacting all of us, no matter where you listen from in the world. It's, it's definitely affecting every single person. 
Um, so, you know, obviously this is going to be a, the, the effects of inflation is going to expect to, you know, higher the cost of goods. Right. Um, but luckily if we understand how we can still invest in real estate and how we can still make smart decisions real estate wise, and that can also help release some financial strain. So my focus right now for myself personally is to get myself into a place where I can invest separately in just real estate. Um, so I'm using these tips that I'm going to be giving you guys, um, so that you can, you know, help yourself too. Okay. So, um, so today we're going to be finishing, finishing up talking about mortgages, but also about how, uh, what you need to know about inflation, how it impacts us all and how real estate investing can help. Also, I want you to listen back to the mortgage loan process explained, which is an older topic, but it's an, it's, um, please go back and listen to that. And also please, if you have a chance, go back and listen to, um, anything that's related to mortgages explained, um, home buying tips. I have really good, um, tips in there as well. And, um, yeah, so please go back and listen to some of those topics, please, please, please. Um, so inflation is a decline in the value of money. So I'm going to repeat that. You know, when I get into a hot topic, it's like, <laughs> I got to repeat everything. Inflation is a decline in the value of money. And everyone knows um, with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and things like that, we all see that cash is not king anymore. And for a long time, especially in real estate, we've always known cash to be king. Cash rules the world. If you come up with a cash offer to buy a piece of property, usually that's the first offer that gets accepted. But that's no longer true. That's no longer true because mortgage rates are so much higher that the amount that you are being loaned is significantly higher than before. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, so basically, inflation is a decline in the value of money. And when the rate of inflation rises, prices for goods and everything else goes up. So, you know, the lady who does your hair down the block, I'm sure she's tacking on an extra 20 bucks or 100, extra 100 bucks, depending on services. Um, so basically, a dollar is going to be buying you a little bit less with every single day that passes, which is crazy. So like, you know, the cup of coffee that you would normally purchase you know, if you were spending, you know, a dollar twenty-five at your local cart. Um, you know, in New York City, we have a lot of um, coffee carts, and you know, coffee two bucks. And I'm sure now that that coffee they used to spend two dollars on is probably three twenty-five or even four dollars or four twenty-five. So that's what that means. So your dollar is buying you a little bit less with every passing day. So the consumer price index, right? Or it's also known as the CPI. I really want you to pay attention to this. That's the standard measure of inflation. So based on the latest data, prices increased from seven and a half percent from um, January of last year, 2021 to January of 2022. So we saw a huge jump, right? That's a huge increase. So a little bit of inflation is always good for the economy because it puts the, the working dollar back you know, into the economy. But a 7.5% in a single year is way too high. And it's expected to go up to 8.3, which is it's crazy. So how does inflation affect us, right? Um, some of the negative impacts that I talked about in my last uh, sky high short supply topic was this, the decrease in purchasing power. Remember, we talked about this before, but as prices rise, your dollar is not going to be able to go as far as it used to, right? So that means that 
you'll be able to purchase goods, but just fewer and fewer goods and fewer services with a limited budget. So usually, you know, however you would be able to fill up your gas tank. I used to be able to fill up my gas tank for 40 bucks. Maybe it's more than double that now. So, you know, definitely <laughs> that's decreasing the purchasing power that you would normally have to purchase your everyday items. So Another thing that's, you know, in an effort to curb inflation, the Federal Reserve is expected to continue to raise the federal fund rates. Therefore, that means that consumers are likely going to be paying higher interest rates on new mortgages, which we've talked about so many times, car loans, and guess what? Credit cards. So, you know, increased borrowing costs are definitely a negative impact of inflation. And that's definitely going to you know, affect everyone. Um, even if you just don't have a huge cr uh, credit card debt, what you would normally be paying $100 on the dollar, you're going to be paying $125. If you were usually paying $105, $5 on every hundred, depending on whatever, you know, low rate credit card you had, now you're going to be spending $125. So $25 for every hundred dollars, just to give you an example. So another effect would be that wage growth tends We've seen that wages haven't dramatically increased, especially in the United States. Um, I don't know where things are in your demographic of the world because I do have a global audience. I want to give a big shout out to everyone tuning in all over the place. But we tend to see here in the States, especially in the Western world, that more, I mean, I'm sorry, we tend to see that um, wages don't increase, uh, and especially in New York City. So according to analytics, when adjusted for inflation, average weekly earnings in January, they were down 3.1% from a year before. So as much as life is becoming less affordable for everyone, inflation is going to force people who are in a fixed income, like uh, someone who's retired or you know someone who's receiving um, some type of government benefits. They, they usually live on a fixed income. It's going to make lifestyle changes. And it's going to prioritize what are going to be their essentials, which is extremely scary, especially if we have loved ones who are on fixed incomes. Very scary. Um, another thing, another negative impact of inflation that we've seen is that, you know, savings in a bank account. You know, inflation is damaging because since February, the national average um, interest rate for a savings account is is 0.06%. That's not enough to keep up with inflation. So, I mean, what what other impact is that going to be? That's going to erode your savings. So one of the best ways to mitigate these effects is, guys, we've got to find ways to invest money other than the bank, okay? So you've got to educate yourself. You've got to learn about different ways to make money, honey, okay? Um, I've always shared with my, with my loved ones and my intimate circles uh apps that I use to learn how to invest. And for the longest time, I was using Stash, S-T-A-S-H, Stash, which is a um, stock company where you can learn to invest. And, you know, with the, definitely moderate balance, um, they help you invest with as little as $5. This is not a sponsored uh, post or anything like that. It's not a sponsored um, episode, but it's just something that I use that I felt really works. And a lot of my Friends in my circle who use it, they definitely did see um, some benefits of using it. So, you know, like I said, one of the best ways to start 
um, mitigating these, you know, negative effects is to find places to invest money other than the bank. Even though interest rates are expected to rise, they're unlikely going to ever get high enough to beat inflation. So if you are the kind of person like me who before I would hoard cash, the value of your money will decrease every year and more rapidly with elevated inflation, unfortunately. So real estate, you know, definitely has always been proven to hedge against inflation because typically um, actual real estate always tends to go up right? So where is a good place to invest your money to protect against the impacts of the negative impacts of inflation? Um, there's, there are several um, ways to, you know, have investments that I guess most financial um, advisors would traditionally recommend um, stocks, commodities, um, bonds, and real estate. So, you know, stocks, some people um, invest in stocks like myself as their primary and inflation hedge, but you've got to do the work when it comes to the stock market, you, you know, because it's definitely become volatile. You have to know when to hold. You have to know when to ride things out. And I think that if you do your, you know, your due diligence or you do your work, um, stocks can be a very lucrative way to um, protect your monies and invest them and see a really good return. Um, commodities explained very, very, um, very blankly, very like forward. Commodities are just tangible assets like oil, livestock, uh, minerals. And the theory is that the price of commodities should climb with inflation, right? Because it costs more to take care of livestock. It costs more to get oil and minerals. So the classic choice gold, right, doesn't usually, hasn't risen consistently during the periods of inflation. Um, but we'll see how that goes because with the way everything is going, Gold might skyrocket too. So um, I've been seeing a lot of trends on social media where people are talking about buy gold, purchase gold. I think that you should do your due diligence and find out if purchasing gold is something that you are willing to take stock of. Okay, but that is definitely a commodity. So a commodity is something a commodity is something that is tangible, like the way that you can touch gold, you can touch oil. I hope that you're not out there touching oil, but livestock, minerals, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, those are tangible assets. Next, uh, bonds. So bonds um, is just a treasury protected security or a, tre a treasury inflation protected security or TIPS. And they're usually, uh, they are, I'm sorry, they are government, US government issued bonds that are indexed to the inflation rate. So bonds are considered low risk, but the returns on them are low. So definitely do your work when it comes to that. Now, real estate. Now, real estate, okay? Okay, real estate. <laughs> real estate prices across the board tend to rise along with inflation and often rise faster than inflation. So that's one of the reasons why the demand for real estate is soaring right now. As I um, discussed in the sky high and short supply, there is still a market, there is still an urgency to purchase, but there is not a lot of inventory out there. So it's definitely a competitive race right now. So, you know, most real estate uh, based people, people who are in real estate investing wise or, you know, people who are flipping homes and things like that. Everyone believes that real estate, well, mostly everyone believes that real estate is the best hedge against inflation because owning real estate does more than protect your wealth. It actually can make you money. Okay, money. So, for example, home prices rose about 70% from 2020 to 2021 during the pandemic. That's 10% during a national pandemic. That's 10% ahead of the inflation that occurred in the same time frame. 
So there's a 3% difference where whose money is that? That's, that's money. That's money right there. So certain types of real estate investments are going to help you generate a stream of passive income. And in past, and even in the past year, property owners don't just avoid the erosion of purchasing power caused by inflation. They got ahead. So different types of real estate investments, um, cause there are definitely a couple ways to have real estate investments. Um, one of the most basic types is your prime, your own, your own primary residence. I am a proud homeowner, homeowner, and if you own your own home, you're already ahead. The advantages of home ownership become even more apparent in the inflationary times because as inflation pr- raises prices throughout the economy, the value of your home is up, is going to go up. So if the inflation, if, if inflation raises prices, your value of your home is going to go up. So at the same time, you're, you're already locked into your set mortgage payment for the next 30 years, unless you have an adjustable rate mortgage or a different type of mortgage. But usually at the same time, you're locked into a set mortgage for 30 years. So you'll be immune to what's going on right now. Rising rental costs. We've seen, I've seen videos on TikTok where people are standing in lines around the block to look at one apartment. And then these apartments are facing a bidding war the way that homes do, which is crazy. So if you already own a home, you're already a step ahead because you're not dealing with any of the rising mortgage costs. You're not dealing with any of the rising rental costs. You're already uh, ahead of the game. If you don't already own your primary residence, home ownership is still going to be a worthwhile goal because if you are a first time home buyer, you've, you've never purchased a home or you haven't purchased a home in some states, I think it's for three years, then guess what? You can still apply for an FHA loan. Your credit score can be 580, as low as 580. I've seen some as, as low as 560. And it's a, still a 3.5% down payment, okay? Um, your debt-to-income ratio does have to be less than 43%, and it does have to be a primary residence to get an FHA loan. So you can still lock in an FHA loan if you are considered a first-time home buyer. So I say considered because you could have purchased a home before, years before, and then now, if the time has run, then you would still be considered a first-time home buyer again. So look into that wherever you are locally. Um, so if you don't already own your own private residence, make sure that home ownership is, is still a goal for you to pursue because the task of saving enough for a down payment may seem daunting. And I talked about that in the sky high um, low inventory, but trust me, it can happen. Um, there's definitely several strategies that can make home ownership easier to achieve. Um, Obviously, if you're not sure where to start, you contact your local real estate agent. Um, but one of the ways that you can still achieve home ownership is um, the FHA loan, right? Looking into your area and seeing if they have, if, if they offer grants. I always tell everyone um, in New Jersey, we have these really great programs where there's grant money um, available to people who are first time home buyers. And um, like I said, but Find out if what constitutes you being a first-time home buyer because um, some states allow for that. If you have purchased a home and the time of three years has already expired, you can apply again to be a first-time home buyer purchase. So definitely look into where you live if that applies. So don't get discouraged if you've purchased a home in the past 10 years, three years, five years. Look into and speak with your local real estate agent and see what that's about, okay? Conventional loans. Conventional loans are still available. Um, only thing is that your credit score needs to be significantly higher than an FHA loan. 
And I think that's around 680. Uh, definitely do your due diligence in the area that you live in. And then you would have to also pay a 20% down payment. And considering that the mortgage rates are a little high, um, you got to factor that. So it decreases your purchase power because the uh, mortgage rates are so much freaking higher. Okay. Um, and then your debt to income ratio has to be between 36 to 43%. So it's still comparable to an FHA loan as the debt to income ratio for um, an FHA loan has to be less than the 43%, if I remember correctly. Yes. And, but the good thing about a conventional loan is that it can be a primary residence or it can be an investment property. So if you're looking to do a fixer upper, oh, and another way that you can do a fixer upper too, forgot about this one, the FHA 203K loan. So definitely look into that. There are definitely ways to get into the investment game with an FHA based loan. And the FHA fixer upper loan is the FHA 203K so look into that where you are. And then another one that we see that's coming up a lot, another type of loan that's coming back and becoming really popular is an adjustable rate mortgage. An adjustable rate mortgage, unlike the fixed mortgages, like the 30-year 30, the 30 or 15-year conventional loan mortgage, um, oh, and FHA loans are 30-year uh, mortgages. Um, but anyway, so unlike fixed rate mortgages, like FHA and conventional, um, or VA loans or USD, um, USDA loans, um, they have an interest rate that remains the same for the life of the loan, right? So the interest rate and adjustable rate mortgage will change periodically. So if you got a conventional loan and your mortgage rate was 5.2% for the life of that loan, for those 30 years, you're locked into that rate. If you got an FHA loan, you would be locked into that rate as well, 3.5%, unless you refinance to get your primary mortgage insurance taken off after a couple of years, if you paid 20% um, of your equity down, okay? So the initial, the, the good thing about the adjustable work, um, rate mortgage right now is that the initial interest rate of an adjustable rate mortgage is usually lower than that of a fixed rate mortgage. So Consequently, an adjustable rate mortgage is a good option if you plan to own your home for only a few years and you expect an increase in earnings or the prevailing interest rate mortgage for a fixed rate mortgage is too high, like now. So if you can get an adjustable rate mortgage that's like around 4.2%, you could lock that in for five years. And if you know that you will sell the house within five years, guess what? you're in the money, you're good, you're good to go. So, but if you're not sure that you're gonna be selling the home within five years, the only downside to that is if in five years, our mortgage rates reach 8.2%, you're screwed because your, your mortgage term of the five years of the adjustable rate mortgage that you locked into, guess what? You're gonna have to be paying whatever the mortgage rate as the time that that time comes up. So in five years, if it's 8.2%, you're gonna be locked into an 8.2% uh, mortgage rate, unless you refinance a conventional loan or you sell the home. Okay. So, um, an uh, adjustable mortgage, an adjustable rate mortgage has four components. Okay. An index, a margin, an interest rate cap structure, and an initial interest rate period. So that initial, that's what I just explained. When the initial interest rate period has expired, the new interest rate is calculated by adding a margin to the index. So your lender will disclose, obviously, whoever your mortgage loan lender is, your, your lender will disclose the margin at that time of the loan application. 
So margins may vary from lender to, to lender. So it's a good idea for you to shop around. And that's why whenever I'm dealing with a client, I always refer at least three different lenders so that they can shop around to see what type of loan is best for them. But I always tell them to look into whatever grants are available, look to find lenders who are who work with people who want to apply for grant um, programs. And because every lender needs to be accredited in that type of grant um, process. So find out, do your due diligence, do your work and reach out to your real estate agents and find out which loan officers, um, you know, who I think are like the best gurus, financial advisors in the world, because they will tell you what you need to do to get approved for a mortgage because they want to see you approved. So another way for you to um, invest in real estate is a long-term traditional rental. A long-term or traditional rental is a dwelling that's leased out for an extended period. An example of this is like a single family home where a tenant signs a one-year lease and brings all their own furniture. So long-term rentals are a form of housing. And for most tenants, the rental serves as a primary residence, which means it's a necessary expense. So this unique quality of long-term rentals can help provide stable returns in uncertain times, especially when we have a high inflation. To invest in a long-term um, rental, you need to budget for maintenance, repairs, property taxes, insurance. You also need to plan for managing the property. So a well-chosen investment property should pay for itself through rental income, and you'll benefit from appreciation as the property rises in value. So obviously your real estate agent can help you find an ideal long-term rental property to suit your budget and investment goals. Always reach out to talk about your local uh, market um, opportunities and what your specific needs are. So if you're looking for a long-term traditional rental property, a single one family, um, definitely look into a conventional loan or an FHA 203k loan. Uh, short-term vacation rentals, which we are seeing on the rise and are being used as long-term rentals, unfortunately. Um, we, we've talked about Airbnb, Verbo, and places like that. Short-term or vacation rentals, they function more like hotels because they offer temporary accommodations. And a short-term rental, and I know that everyone's been following, I think it's a really big thing that blew up on TikTok as well, um, how people are using Airbnbs as their primary residence. And it's just going crazy. So a short-term rental is defined as a residential dwelling that is rented for 30 days or less. And the furniture is provided by the property owner. And today, most of these short-term rentals are listed on websites like Airbnb and Verbal. So a short-term rental can potentially earn you a higher return um, than a long-term rental, but this comes at the cost of a daily handling. So it's hands-on management all the time, and with a short-term rental, you're not just entering into the real estate business, you're entering into hospitality too. So there's a lot more that you have to cover. So if it's done right, short-term rentals can be both a hedge against inflation and a profitable source of income. We've talked about this topic before, so please look into it. But as a bonus, when the home isn't being rented, you have an affordable vacation spot for yourself or for your family. And always contact someone who's in the area of expertise that you want to get into before you start making the choices on your own. Always reach out to your local real estate agents. You can reach out to me if you have any questions. And if you're, you know, and especially if mortgage rates are expected to rise, you're going to want to act fast on maximizing your investment return. Um, definitely look into adjustable uh, rate mortgages now. Um, FHA is still on the table. And listen, let's just be real with each other. Inflation, inflation right now is a fact of life in the in the in the economy. It's just, it's just it is what it is, and you know you can prepare for inflation with you know a managed investment portfolio, 
that can include real estate. You just got to get your foot in the door. You got to put your hand in the game and you've got to be really serious about owning a primary residence or investing in a short-term or long-term property. Um, you know, I would always be open to helping anyone mitigate the effects of, of making that uh, choice. And as always, you know, you can contact you know, my team or anyone else that can help you find a primary residence or investment property that's going to help you meet your financial goals. And as always, guys, I hope that today's topic really helped you understand why investing in real estate is so important, especially right now. Um, things are not going to get considerably, considerably better no time soon. So now is the time to lock in and make home ownership a really, really, you know, like goal, like it has to be something that you really, really, really make happen now, because we know that with the cost of everything going up, it's going to take a long time before things are going to come back down. So, um, you know, everyone's looking at, you know, whether or not there's going to be a recession and, you know, what we can do to mitigate those things. And I really believe that investing in stocks and investing in tangible assets Investing in primary residence or long-term rentals is the way to go. Um, I wish everyone good luck on their journey. Um, as always, you can find me on social media at Jesse the Realtor and send me your questions. Tell me what else you want to hear me talk about. We are halfway through season three, and I'm really um, happy and glad that you guys are tuning in each and every single week. And I've got some great content coming up, and I cannot wait to share it with you all. As always, oh, and please consider supporting this podcast uh, through uh, subscribing. I do have a subscription that you can purchase, and I think it's about five bucks, and you can become a subscriber and help me sustain for future episodes. So consider um, supporting the podcast monetarily. But as always, just listening and tuning in each and every week is deeply appreciated. I am now uh, available on Amazon Music. I am available on about nine other platforms. So please check me out everywhere that you listen to podcasts. And as always, I'll see you next time. Bye. Remember, challenge yourself to become the person you want to become. Stretch and be ready to fail. Always remember that the right people will value you in the right way. Practice humility. And when you make room to speak about what exists in the present, you no longer have time for the past. Live your life purposefully and with intention. Manifest. Stay blessed. Till next time subscribe, leave a message, leave a review. And as always, I thank you.